This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, today's episode could be called actually Vancouver's Biggest Loser. And uh, we all know it's a draw between you and Secret. But um, in in reality... <laughs> I, thought I thought you were going to go with Dane Itell's analysis on the condo market. Well, uh, you know what? If, if Dane is correct, the biggest loser in Vancouver could be condo owners. Could, could very well be condo So this is, this is one to really stay tuned for. But really what I'm talking about is... Uh, <laughs> the more important subject. <laughs> losing weight. And uh, as, we, as we addressed it last week, you and I are in a competition. We March, are in a competition. March 15th, trying to get down to 170, 170 pounds. Yeah. Seems kind of crazy, though, because you're taller, um, more... Um, uh, Svelte. Would you say felt? Um, is there a is there small boned? I would I would describe <laughs> petite? you as. Would you call me petite? <laughs> Breakable. Um, but uh, and and I'm I'm you know I'm more of the uh, um, burly I guess. So it's it's chubby. It's, inter- it's interesting chubby that we're work? It, it's interesting that we're using you know just a, a an arbitrary weight. Right. We should be using BMI or something. But no, we're using weight. We're just yeah. gonna push through March fifteenth, one hundred seventy pounds. Um, how are you doing? I think I'm having an easier time with it. Are you? Um, yeah, I'm at 180 pounds. Okay. Uh, haven't changed that much, except I'm not eating sugar and basically not drinking beer, and uh, I'm dropping pounds like they're coming off. That suggests you, you ate a lot of chocolate bars <laughs> and you drank a lot of beer. <laughs> uh, You'd be surprised. <laughs> but yeah, you're actually counting calories. You're counting. I've oh, watched you a, count your cashews before you, <laughs> before I, I you had, eat them I had in 21, the 21 cashews the other day. Um, yeah, it wasn't worth it actually. The the, the caloric <laughs> payoff, intake. Yeah, would... um, but no, I'm down. I'm down to 184. So it's a tight race. It's a very tight race. I'm doing about two three pounds a week, which yeah. I heard is healthy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on track. Uh, no, well, we'll see. I mean, I yeah, I feel like I could turn it on here in a couple of days and shed these ten. Regardless, we will definitely have your before photos posted on the website. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> We got Dane Itell on the program today. Super excited to have Dane back. Yeah, well, Dane Itell from Itell Insights, he was on late last year. He was talking about the single family market, made very bold predictions. Sure. Uh, we got a lot of traction on that. Tons of feedback, a lot, tons of downloads. People right. were very excited about that episode. Dane is back today specifically talking about his predictions for the condo market. And right. uh, I think we alluded it to it before with Vancouver's Biggest Loser. 
The news, uh, according to Dane, ain't great for condo owners. But how not great is it? it That's well, what you're going to need to stay tuned for. You're going to need to stay tuned for that. I mean, I just wanted to make a few points. One is... In terms of the feedback, we had a lot of positive feedback and some negative feedback. The negative feedback came mainly from people inside the industry and not necessarily because they, they don't like what Dane's saying, but more just the criticism was, look, a real estate market is fundamentally unlike a stock market. Using stock market techniques does not apply and to do so is kind of a foolhardy method, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we heard that quite a bit. And we also heard from people that really liked his methodology and the certainty that Dane provided. People like certainty, right? Yeah. I mean, this. well, here's one thing. I've been thinking a lot about why people like that episode so much. And I think what it is, is people obviously hate uncertainty. People are very anxious about the market right now. Dane is giving an analysis that is basically down to the dollar uh, what the market's going to do in the next six months, a year, three years. 10 years. Uh, And he's also got numbers to back it up. There's a logic. We have his charts. We're going to post them to our website. And people love to look at exactly how he comes up with these conclusions. And he doesn't pull them out of thin air. It's not, you know, uh, yeah, I got a gut feeling here. Uh, There's numbers to back up this analysis. But here's the thing. And we're not, you know, we're, we're basically putting out Dane's predictions out there into the ether. It's up to you to decide whether you agree with Dane or not. One thing we will say is if you are a homeowner or an investor in the Vancouver market, there are a couple rules to live by while you're interpreting this data. One is we are not Detroit, right? Yes. No. We are, we are not Detroit. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, typically markets have about a three to five year cycle. Keep that in mind. You do not have to sell. And Matt, you have a couple tips. Well, no, I, I mean, look, we talk often to people about real estate being a long-term investment. And right. Presumably most people here, whether you're a homeowner or investor, you're thinking long-term. Think of it this way. Regardless of what happens in the next six months to a year, you don't have to sell. You only take a loss when you sell. And think about market fluctuations as being the price you pay for the long-term trends that we see here in Vancouver. Go back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and look at the trend, right? There has been incredible positive increases in this market. Those undoubtedly in the long-term are going to come back, and these short-term blips are what you pay to reap the long-term rewards. And this, of course, Matt, is only if you actually think that Dane is is right in his predictions, right? Right. Which uh, right now, I mean, there's definitely anxiety in the market, but there's a lot of people that also have watched the Vancouver market over the years, and they know that when when things shift, it doesn't take very long for the dog pile to come back. Yeah, right? well, th- that and the fact that, I mean, November and December were were very slow. I actually feel like there's energy in January that wasn't in the last half of last year. So we'll see what happens there. But another point I want to make is if you actually take Dane's analysis at face value and, and believe it's right, let's look at a stock market example here. In 2007, if you would have said, hey, I see the 2008 crash, I'm going to sell all my stock. Hey, would you sell at a high? Yes. But if you just rode that market out till today, you would be 134% above what you were in 2007. So what you'd have to do, if you're willing to time the market right now, you think it's going to go down, and you're right, you still will have to buy back in right, of at course. the low. So think about that. If you're that cautious and unnerved about the Vancouver real estate market right now, and it actually gets worse... Will you be able to buy back in? You'll have to have nerves of steel there. So holding long-term is just a hell of a lot easier. And I just want to add, you've got realtor fees, you've got property transfer tax, you've got a lot of costs and time and stress that you're going to absorb with that shift, right? Exactly. So, So the final word on this is, if you think Dane's right, do a few things. Take a nap. Don't read the news. Take up gardening. Uh, but don't uh, don't panic. Wow. Spoken like a guy who naps all the time and uh, gardens occasionally. I'm dropping pounds as we speak. One thing we should say moving on is we'll get to Dane in a second. There's a couple other things we want to mention. Sure. One is I'm still going to Fort St. John on Saturday. You are. There's Cambridge Estates up there. This is a fantastic investment opportunity. I'm getting on a small plane Saturday morning. Coming back Saturday night, there's a full day tour about Fort St. John as an investment opportunity. I've tons of information right now, including a webinar on the subject that I can send on. So if you're interested in learning more about that, 
get in touch. And we also have really been excited about another project that was featured recently on the Vancouver Presale Podcast. Yeah, Matt, if if, uh, if you are listening and you are an investor and you're interested in Kelowna, especially the UBC, the Okanagan UBC campus, we have a phenomenal project. It's called U8. It's it's uh, at, in the university district. It's the eighth building. The eighth building. Sales start this weekend. If you're looking for recession-proof, look at a giant university right next door to your investment. There's 9,000 students at UBC Okanagan, those students are going to be there year in, year out, whether or not the economy is doing well, it's doing bad, you know. You've convinced me. I'll take two. (laughs) All right. But no, head over to uh, the Presale Condos podcast and uh, listen listen there. And it is a great episode. Yeah. And and you can find it on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. But maybe we should cut to our talk with Dane Itell from Itell Insights. Enjoy. Okay, so we're back with Dane Itell from Itell Insights. How are you doing, Dane? I'm doing excellent, Adam. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today. No worries, Matt. Yeah, Dane. So can we maybe uh, start, uh, some of our listeners uh, for sure listened to the, your last episode on, on our podcast, but can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so basically what, uh, what I tell Insights is the company I'm founder and lead analyst of. Uh, we were introduced to the market, I guess, uh, about two years ago now. Um, our first initial call was in the detached market. Uh, we said that the top of the Vancouver detached properties uh, had kind of taken place at 1.830. The subsequent uh, months and years have uh, really led us to being absolutely correct. Um, and uh, we see the detached market starting to fall. And uh, now today, uh, we've kind of released the condo market here, uh, I guess, about a month or so ago, but uh, we figured maybe we'll let Christmas go by without uh, kind of crushing everybody's spirits, but now we're back here, and it's January, it's a new year, it's time to talk. Well, well, yeah, and that that's why we, we asked you back, Dean. We talked quite a bit about the detached market last time, and we'd like to kind of talk about it some more today, but but the condo market is is really of interest, obviously, obviously to us. Um, can you talk about a little bit how your company, Itel Insights, is different from sure. from other uh, analytics companies, yeah. yeah, no problem, Matt. Um, so basically, there's a lot of economic economists out there and, and bank institutions and whatnot. They'll be very vague in their in their terminology where markets are headed, and um, I guess they are using fundamental data, which obviously does lag the market. I mean, you got to collect the data about GDP and then they'll release it to the public, so it, it's an inherently a lagger. Um, so when when they speak about real estate markets, they'll say this this uh, the market is seeming to lead like it might be going down over the next year or, or trending a little bit higher. There's no exactness to their to their uh, prognostications, and, and that's one of the things that I tell Insights does pride itself on. Um, first of all, we give real life numbers, so we'll say here's the trend. At, you know, uh, for example, in the condo market, the market peaked out at seven hundred and fifty thousand. Um, first of all, you, you don't hear other economists say anything's peaked ever. Um, it's always it's always trending, right? So we call it, we like to think we call a spade a spade. Um, so when things are at their highest, we'll say, hey, listen, it, it, it's an awesome opportunity to sell for you know, I tell insights clients. Um, we educate the market. We say that you know there's a death cross that is that is showing itself here prevalent in the detached market, and we can get into that later. But for the condo market, I mean, it, it was on a three-year uptrend starting in uh, Q4 of 2016, right? So, I mean, the the, the, the ride higher was fantastic, but the, the alertness a, a, that the market is no longer running higher, we think is, is is useful to the market. That way, everything's realistic. I mean, even if you're you're trying to buy, uh, yeah, there's reasons to buy. Just be alerted into what you're buying that the prices might be going lower, so you have more opportunity. Have you know you have time on your side now. So um, yes, we 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 do give real life numbers. We give where we're forecasting. We'll we'll give you a price. We'll give you a time zone of, of where to look for to start investing in different areas across Canada, which is something that we will be releasing here as the over the next week or so. Um, we are rolling out right across Canada. We're going to be doing Toronto's market, uh, Halifax market, and Fort McMurray. Uh, those are just kind of three off the top of my head that uh, they really are of interest. Um, they're all kind of unique to themselves on what's going on in those areas, but uh, there's definitely opportunity in at least a couple of them. So, Dane, um, so maybe before we get to condos, um, it might make sense to recap a little bit about uh, detached houses. So sure. you, you came out with a report recently. Uh, called Greater Vancouver Detached Market Signals Death Cross. Now, when I think Death Cross, I think of Matt's youthful years uh, in a speed metal band. Um, but uh, what does that mean to you? So, 
what that means to an analyst, um, a technical analyst, I, I suppose, would be the, the 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 best suited to kind of answer that question, which is what we one of the forms of interpretation that we do offer. Um, basically, what it deals with is exponential moving averages. So that's on a just for kind of easy terminology, it's on a one and a two year basis. So the one year is the short term momentum, and the two year is the longer term momentum. Uh, we've been in a golden cross situation for the past five years, which is obviously a, a more rosy sounds term. Positive. <laughs> sounds positive, and it is positive. So basically, since uh, July of 2013, we entered into the golden cross scenario in the detached market. Over that five-year period of time, we rose $680,000 in value, so 60% increase during the golden cross. Wow. Um, and, and just in uh, November of uh, 2018 there, we, we, we just crossed over into a death cross scenario, which means that the one year has dipped below the two-year exponential moving average. The last time that we were in this was 2013, 2012, lasting till 2013. It was a relatively short experience. That's not what we believe will be upcoming here in, the, in this current uh, death cross, if you will. Um, I think that we're going back to more of a late 90s death cross scenario, which right. um, it, it wasn't the best thing, let's say, to, uh, to be anecdotal about it. Basically, the market lost 16%. So in March of 96 is when it entered the death cross. It was priced at 401000 and, and I mean, numbers... Um, kind of don't tell the whole story here, but the percentages will in a second. So it went from 401 down to 336, which is a loss of 16%, $65,000. We do have a saying that we like to use. Uh, It's it's a William Reed saying. It's, uh, while the individual man is an unsolvable puzzle, in an aggregate, he becomes a mathematical certainty. You can, for example, never foretell what any one man will do, but you can say with precision what the average man will do. Individuals vary, but percentages remain constant. So says the statistician. So uh, going back to where we're prognosticating the market to go. Um, as we discussed last time, we did say 1.4 was where we think the detached average sale price will be bottoming out at. Not the benchmark, not the HPI, but the average sale price. So if we take the 16% from the, the market downturn during the 90s, all we need is a 17% downturn in this current market to see the uh, the death cross reach at the 1.4 market. So as we said earlier, you know the, the, the percentages do remain constant. Yes, it's, it's not $65,000 anymore. It, it, it's quite a bit more. It's $300,000 basically in essence but the percentages do remain um so yeah that, that that is where we are anticipating the market finally to base out if you will is around that 1.4 mark and that's 17 percent from uh yes basically from 1.7 okay Okay. So I'm interested in some of the feedback. Last time we had you on, we had a lot of positive feedback um, and and just a lot of feedback for for that episode. Um, And and one of the things that I saw that I I thought was something we should have asked you and and I thought (laughs) of kind of as as you walked out the door was, you know, regular folks looking to buy. Now, you just mentioned the Golden Cross was was five years. Right. Right. And the death cross is going to last. Uh, I would anticipate that one lasting till late 2020. Actually, truthfully, that one will last till about 2022 because we will need to see start to see that correction upwards. Right. Um, before we actually get out of this death cross scenario. So, so this all makes sense to and it's and this is analysis that's usually used in the stock market. Correct. Yes. So so this all makes sense to investors. Mm-hmm. Right. But. Regular folks, there's a golden cross period where, uh, you know, you should have bought early in the golden cross. You would have made a lot of money. Right. Uh, but over that five years, a lot changes for regular people. Over the next five years, a lot changes for regular people. Uh, one of the comments that we saw saw on a link to the episode was, you know, Greg and Susie are buying a home. They don't think like investors. That's not the rationality that you're using doesn't right. work. Now, I think your the quote you read from the statistics probably leads me to guess your answer here. But what do you say to people that say stock analysis fundamentally doesn't work in a housing market? Um, I mean, truthfully, there's there's not been too many examples of anybody ever testing it out. And, and our, our short-term uh, uh, recent events have really proven that it does work without doubt. Um, we do update uh, periodically on the market update section of our website. Uh, the, the updated chart, I mean, the detached market, you know, went up to 1.701, I believe, in November, and then down to 1.69 or 6.89 in uh, December's data. It, 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 it's scary how it bounces off the technical indicator um, chart that I, that we that we do make up so and once again when we apply the analytical 
interpretation to right across our Canadian data sets. We're, we're, we're staunch that this thing is a real viable way to invest into real estate. Now, if you're a home buyer, you're not necessarily the investor. Now, Vancouver is very different than the rest, a majority of the market in Canada. Sure. I mean, if we're if we're talking about a, a, a prairie house, it's not really, they're, they're not purchasing it to go up in value or down in value. They're just purchasing it to live in a property. Here in Vancouver, uh, that was the original sentiment until properties kept going up in value. And then the guy's like, hey, if I buy two of them, Maybe I can make more money. And then he bought 12. (laughs) And so did all of his family and friends, right? Because it's such a wealth uh, accruement vehicle. So um, now the average homeowner almost has no no choice but to play in that big boys game here. If you want to live in Vancouver, there are speculators, there are investors. So you do have to ride that wave with them. So, I mean, when we're talking about should Susie and Bob buy today? Greg. Greg, <laughs> that's a, it's a it's a real loaded question. Now, what we do, uh, we do have reports available. We've actually streamlined our system, so it's 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 very affordable to kind of get our insights for Bob, or for Greg. Um, and, and it's two hundred and fifty dollars, and we break down really Greater Vancouver. If you want West Vancouver specific, we can do that for them as well. So, what Greg would and I would have a conversation and say, "Hey, listen, what is your financial situation? What are you, what are your goals? If you if you really are going to buy something, you got money just burning a hole in your pocket, and you don't know what the next two or three years of your personal finances is going to look like, yeah, go ahead and pull the trigger today because prices are affordable based on a 10-year outlook. Based on a two-year outlook, you, you could potentially do a lot better. Now, that being said, because of these real estate prices softening and, and coming down over the next you know, foreseeable future as, as we see it... Um, it the finances for the average Vancouverite is going to change. Uh, so there is a real trickle down when, you know, the average home is going up a hundred thousand dollars a year. There's a lot of extra capital affluent throughout the community. When that ceases to exist, well, well, so does the, the trickle down effect. So everyone that was making big money in construction or, or, you know, the hotel industry, when everybody was coming to town and just dropping cash, casinos, everything, I mean, everything was rolling. That's not going to be the case anymore. So if you've made really good money and, and kind of captured this ride up over the last five years, even though you weren't in the real estate market, but you were affected by it, sure, go ahead and purchase because your qualification standards might be a lot lower in two years from now because you didn't have a steady job the whole time. You know, there's different personal circumstances. And if that's the case and you don't really know where you're going to be two years from now and you qualify, Go ahead and buy your house. Go ahead and buy your condo. Now, that investor, that's a, that's a completely different conversation. If he's saying, you know, I want to buy my fifth and sixth property, then it's really, hey, I mean, let's let's wait till a, a, a more opportune time to step into this market, maybe closer to when we're actually ceasing to exist in the death cross and, and we're looking towards going into the golden cross. So that's that conversation. Now, if you're the average home buyer and, and you want to participate in that, then once again, by the report, we'll have an easy conversation. Yes, we use a lot of technical jargon here with you guys, um, but it really it, it boils down to here's where the market's headed. I mean, supply demand study, which is our one of our proprietary studies, it, it is salient. I mean, it really shows how the inventory has been steadily increasing and the sales have been steadily dwindling. So what, what, what would that natural cause and effect be in the market? Well, of course, the prices have to slow down so that the demand will start to eventually rise up. Now, when and wh- when and why does that take place? That's why they buy the report and that's what we can share with them. So just so I understand, um, your argument basically is that your methodology works because we because people in Vancouver treat the housing market like a stock market. Not necessarily. Um, the methodology works just because... <sighs> There are psychological factors that run prevalent in any market, okay? So when people buy and sell, it doesn't even matter if it's for an investment purpose or or just sustenance. So, I mean, this idea of technical trading or or technical analysis dates way back. I mean, we're talking Asian civilizations like where there would be a surplus of rice, so they'd go ahead and buy a bunch of it and save it for when it was drier times and they could sell it for an increase in price. So you can literally chart it when there's a rise in value and then eventually it starts to slow down in that rise. Well, what would anticipate next would be a drop in value. So if you're, you know, and, and so there are psychological factors that do run prevalent. Um, the interesting thing where the stock market, 
and, and I can even hear some brokers saying it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Fundamentals are the only way to go. That's fine and fair. Once again, everyone's in, totally entitled to their own opinion, except for the fact that we do have history and we are proven to be within two, three percent of our prognostications. I mean, you give really any of the other economists, uh, and, and that's a that's a shot over the moon for anybody. So um, now. Why the stock market, once again, it, it doesn't work the same way as the real estate market. There's obviously differences. The liquidity factor, I mean, you put your house up for sale, you don't necessarily sell it that day, especially in a, in a, in a changing market. The stock, it's liquid. That's why people invest in stocks is because sure. it, it is more liquid, right? So that is more of the investment vehicle. Plus, then you have half of the market trading on off of technical analysis information and half of them trading off fundamental information. So you're trading for much, much different reasons. Sometimes the fundamentalist works, sometimes the technical works. So that's more of a, a heavily played game. In real estate, a majority, even with all the investor mentality here, is still the average home buyer. So when we're talking about averages, it becomes fairly easy to prognosticate what and when the market is going to do what it does. So we're just a f- flesh out the the death cross here. So we're sure. currently in a death cross in single family. We're currently in a death cross in single family. <laughs> How does That's that right. feel? <laughs> <laughs> Feels great, man. As of November 2018, and, and, and I mean, we do obviously forecast. We don't want to make... Uh, uh, a wrong prognostication. So we actually went ahead and, and said, let's say, you know, January is going to go through the moon and and be priced at 1.8 and February is at 1.5. And, and I mean, it takes a long time for this death cross to reverse itself. So we are, you know, absolutely confident that this isn't, I'm not going to come back here in three months and say, guys, it's golden cross. Like, yeah. I mean, we're in this yeah. for the long haul. So, so the death cross, so we've entered the death cross. We're, we're three months in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, so, so can you just kind of flesh out exactly what this looks like till 2021 where we enter a golden cross again if i'm if i understand correctly and and i i know that golden cross is is not only matt's lower back tattoo um (laughs) but but also can we get a working definition maybe of golden cross and and uh death cross uh, just for the listeners sure so we'll 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 flesh it out here first we'll deal we'll leave the back tattoo alone (laughs) (laughs) so Um, i should put my shirt back on Uh, all right. So currently where we're at beginning of 2019, right? It, it's actually going to be an interesting market here over this next year or so. We are going to see the inventory and the and the demand really really start to separate themselves. Um, on, honestly, uh, the December data, I don't know, everyone's like, oh, it's December. It's bad. Well, yeah, it's always bad, but there's a December every month. So this last December uh, data point based on our supply demand study was basically just equal to the worst month during the recession time of 08, 09. And, and no one's panicking like they were back then at the worst time, which leads you to believe it's not the worst yet. So the worst is definitely still yet to come as far as pricing and as far as psychological factors in the market. So um, where, where we go over here, uh, so over the next year, I, I can honestly see a, a potential of not necessarily even breaking that 1.60 middle threshold where, we, where we've tested, I would say, five or six times so far. But we are seeing a lower high in the prices put in. So when we were at 1.701 here in November, I don't see, think we'll see a price above 1.701. And, and truthfully, I don't think we'll see a price above 1.689. So the, the price variance over the next majority of the year will be a very, very tight range. So we're going to be dealing within the 100,000 pricing threshold of 1.6 to 1.7-ish, if you will. Um, and, and then as we enter into 2020, the, I mean, Pandora's box is going to open up. That's when we're going to break the 10-year uptrend that we're, I guess now it's an 11-year uptrend that we that we haven't broken yet, that has propelled us higher since the 08 recession. Once we break that, I believe it'll be in the first quarter of 2020. We're searching for the next threshold because that 1.6 mark that has propelled the market or tried to keep the market buoyant, it's got its back broken. It's done being the resistance line. So it's out of the equation. So the next equation line, we believe, will be 1.4. And that's where there was a solid base or questioning period on the way up. And that'll be the antithesis for why we do base out there. So 2020, first quarter of that, that's when we start to drop hard and fast. I mean, we're going we're gonna to probably lose $100,000 according to the average price within a couple of months, you know, a few months here or there, and, and 100000 will be just wiped out of equity. Then we're going down to 1.4. The 1.4 price will could possibly transpire in late 2020, but definitely in 2021. 
and 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 we're going to be down there for i would say a majority of that year for an extended period of time let's say we'll be feeling out the 1.4 to the 1.5 range and 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 2021 will will eventually become the bottom for a number of reasons. First of all, that's when technically we filled out the selling range and, and the market can start to propel itself higher. Number two is that's when the uh, the, the five year term for a majority of the public is going to be up based on the zenith of 2016 pricing standards. So when everybody was rampantly purchasing in 2016 at the 1.830 average sale price, those guys will be up for requalification with a four hundred and thirty thousand dollar equity drop in their property on average, right? So. That the bank will work with you. They'll they'll requalify you unless you went ahead and bought a speedboat or a BMW or something to that effect in the in the meantime, or or, or another property, or you know there there there's good intentioned people out there that wanted to buy their son and daughter each a home, so they pulled the equity out of their property in 2015, bought two properties, and now I mean all three of them are going to be basically underwater as far as the loan to value ratio. So uh, you know you'll 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 see fast sales properties that just have to sell. So then the investors start to dip their toe back in. It's been a while since they purchased in Vancouver. The property values have dropped 430000 So, I mean, they naturally start to come back in. Then when enough of their family and friends start to invest, the prices will start to increase over late 2021 and definitely beginning in 2022. We'll see it off of the 1.4 bottom. We'll see it at the 1.5 and potentially even come up and test the 1.6 before the end of the year. By 2023, late 2023, I see us being back at the 1.830, right? So, I mean, if you purchase in 2021, you're going to have a fantastic ride. It's just that if you're over leveraged during 2016, the next few years are not going to be too uh, too exciting for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of transaction numbers or, or the volume of sales, I mean, we saw in November and December uh, some of the lowest numbers we've seen in the last twenty years. For sure. I don't know if you're if you comment on on sales volume at all but yep, do you absolutely. just see the next couple of years as as hovering along at that level or or what does sales volumes look like that's an yeah interesting point um so like you say i mean the the sales numbers uh, in december was was equal to uh, the recession time there um so the inventory took, took a massive drop over the november from from november to december i mean that's that's a natural thing when when properties aren't selling it's christmas time you take stuff off the market you're definitely not putting it on because the market's not hot so I mean, the chances of achieving a sale or any of that—it's—it's it's kind of pie in the sky talk. So let's just talk about it in the new year. You will see a natural effect of more listings coming here in January and February and March because it's springtime. And of course, I don't include you guys in this, but uh, you know, the average realtor says you know spring's the best time to sell. So well, okay, they trust the realtor, so that'll flood the market with inventory. Now, once again, uh, this purchasing. F- period over the next year is going to be a bit of a quagmire. There will be the odd sale here and there, and it will be definitely better than the December 238 sales or something ugly that it was. For sure, we're going back up to the 400s and the 500s, but we're not going up to the 1200s. You know, we're just not going to see those sales happening again for, for quite, quite some time because we don't have that frenzied activity. So eventually the inventory will be too much. And, and, and I mean, there'll be houses that on, on, on nice streets that used to not be available. They'd be on there for a week at the most. Now you'll see two properties on that street and they're still for sale. Like it, it, stuff's just not going to start to jive. So that'll eventually pan out. And, and then the psychological factors, like I say, in, in, in 2020, will say, you know what, that, I, I, I'm not buying. I mean, now there's three or four houses on that nice street. Real estate's not an investable area for me right now. And that's what we're see, already seeing the the sophisticated investors talk like right so and then the volume so okay so so the the volume goes up the inventory the yep. inventory also goes up so the ratio is actually ends up being lower probably correct so there's going to be more inventory more inventory exactly but the sales don't out match the that's the right spread. so the sales will come back up to somewhat of normal levels and, and that's good for the market i mean we don't want it to tank overnight right sure yeah so um it, it will be a, a longer period of time for this and, and and truthfully it's not even going to be the sales um that are going to be the reason this market dries up it's going to be the overload of inventory and uh you know not everybody has to sell for sure so there's right. going to be people that test the market and then and then go off the market but there are those that do have to sell so the guys that are kind of just 
sitting on the fence. I'll test it out and see if I can get my price. Those guys are hurting the guy that needs to sell because they're in direct competition now. So then if he can't, both of them can't sell and the third guy shows up that really does need to sell because he's over leveraged with three properties, he's going to take what he needs to just get out of that issue. So he's the first guy to sell, then the next guy that needs to sell, but there's another person that's come on in the meantime. So it's going to really overload the market with inventory for sales signs. are going to be everywhere. And the purchasers just aren't in a hurry. Um, And and if it's a nice property, it'll sell. But the majority of the properties are going to sit for for an extended period of time. I mean, a sale with 45 days on market, 60 days on market, that's going to be normal, um, where that used to be taboo, like literally a year and a half ago. If it was more than 12 days on market, I'm not seeing it because why hasn't it sold already? That That's just not going to be the case. I mean, houses are going to be for sale and, and it's going to be more of an even keel market. If the buyer likes your house, likes the neighborhood, likes the school catchment, that house will sell for yeah. fair market value. It's not everyone's just not looking at it as an, as an investment, which is what they have been during the Golden Cross scenario. So, so just to to put a point, a finer point on it here, it sounds like you're saying the sales ratios are still going to be seller's market. Correct. We're going to, the volume's going to go up from the lows of 2018. There's going to be more activity, but we're still going to see the plotting down in terms of price. Correct. So uh, maybe I, I might answer too quick when I say correct the first time. So the, the sales numbers, they're, they're not going to be hot times. I mean, it will be sure. similar to 2018. I'll yeah. kind of give you that, but it's not going to be the 2017, 2016 sure, numbers for sure. sure. But we are going to see the inventory numbers go back up to 2013, 2008 levels. Yeah. And that's going to be the big difference. I mean, still, we're kind of sitting right around the middle of our supply demand chart as far as inventory goes. As far as the sales goes, we're, we're, we're really near the low based on the last, you know, going back to 2005. When we go back to the 80s, then we see more of a similarity in 90s market where there was really, I mean, tough, tough slugging for the supply demand. And, and, and that's, you know, we did mention last time, I mean, real estate is cyclical. So to think that we couldn't go back to a cycle that we've experienced before is kind of foolhardy. So that's all we're saying is that, I mean, Vancouverites have lived through this be- before, if you've been here long enough. Now, yes, uh, you know, the 26% wasn't a whole great deal. It went from 100000 down to 75000 The 26% in this case is going to be 430000 I mean, it's going to be half a million bucks, basically, that the equity stake will lose. But the percentages are the same. So just, you know, it, if you're in your property, don't get too panicky. If you don't have to sell, ride it out because times will be better. And, and just and just so um, for people listening that like to understand how many months of inventory at the at the height of inventory, do you know how many months of inventory? We're Truthfully, we don't really get into you that. Don't track the yeah, months. we don't, we don't do the months of inventory. We, I mean, the, yes, it's a cool indicator. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, we have taken a look at it, but it's just not. It's it's kind of redundant to some of these studies that we do, where it's like you know the, the supply demand is, is at a six year right. low. What's the months on? I mean, it would be a similar time to the six-year low. So, right, it, right. Like, yeah, okay. it's just a different and, way to say the same thing. And and, and one other question, Dane, and, and this might be where I got to pony up two hundred and fifty bucks. But uh, <laughs> but are you looking at specific areas in Metro Vancouver that you think are going to weather the storm a lot better than others? Like, can you comment on on that, or or is that something you yeah. do for your clients? Or that's something that we can do for our clients. Uh, truthfully, I mean, if we're talking investor mentality, then Vancouver's not the only game in town, and, and, and that's where we do have that national study. And there's some very uh, sexy areas that are that are definitely going to go up in value. We got one that's basically showing a base basing out of uh, of the market right now. We have another one that's broken through the uh, the old pricing threshold. So it's literally going through a growth phase right now. So to say, you know, does Burnaby do better than New West? We can give you that information. Absolutely. Um, Pitt Meadows, you know, like we we can break down every sub area as long as we don't go into the Sperling and Duthie area of Burnaby. That gets a little bit too finite, right? (laughs) But uh, (laughs) as far as breaking down North Van or North Vancouver, North Burnaby, South Burnaby, New West, we'll give you the anticipated price for that region. So Mm -hmm. I, I believe I did New West uh, there a few weeks ago, and, and, and the detached market, I, I, I believe, if I'm not misquoting myself here, was around 1.30 is where that detached value will should bottom out. So that kind of jives with, I mean, once again, we're using averages. So the overall market will be at 1.4. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, New S will show itself up or at the 1.30 mark. Of course, as we talked about last time, the Golden Cross, you're predicting single families going to basically double 
by 2028, maybe we should end single family on, sure, a, on a high note and then move to condos sure. where I'm sure you got Sounds more good. death cross for us. <laughs> well, that, that, that probably is upcoming here in the condo market. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, yeah, as far Spoiler as the, alert. <laughs> as far as the, uh, the prognostication for Vancouver, long-term greater Vancouver. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is positive. I believe by 2028, 2029, we are going to basically effectively be at the, the 2.8 price. So, I mean, the investment opportunity opportunity here. Uh, we like to say where there's chaos, there's opportunity. So definitely we're starting to be a little bit chaotic in the detached market. It's just beginning. Honestly, in 2020 and 2021, it's going to be rampant chaos. Um, that's the real opportunity. You step in there and you buy. Um, and, and if you're going to heed our advice, buy multiple, multiple properties, because in 2028, you're going to be very grateful to us that you did. Okay, well, moving on to, to the condo market. And if you need a good realtor on that note, <laughs> yeah. Scalina Brothers are... Uh, Scalina Brothers are uh, <laughs> aces in my book, everybody. <laughs> so moving on to the condo market, Dane. Sure. So uh, basically in the condo market, where, what, what we kind of released here, about, I, I would anticipate, I guess, a month or a month and a half ago, uh, the condo market has peaked. Um, there is no more increases coming. We were at a, a steady increase, basically, of Q4 of 2016. We, we went through another growth phase. That lasted until, uh, I would say, I guess, April of 2018. That ceases to exist. So the topping threshold of the condo market is 750000 where we're kind of currently seeing a base, and we'll kind of test the market similar to the detach, where it's at 1.6, and and that's kind of been that middle threshold. That's where uh, the condo market is, right around the 650 threshold. So we're in the midst of filling out a downtrend. So we can basically prognosticate. We can kind of see two lines, just eyeballing it here. Usually there's around two or three lines that really define the downtrend. So we're still going to see that probably push out over the over a little bit more longer period of time to actually see the definitive downtrend that's going to establish itself. Where we can already prognosticate where the bottom will be um, will actually take us back to that Q4 2016 prices. So all, all of the increase in prices um, over the last two, three years will be eroded um, during the basin time of this. So um, for sure, the prices in our mind, they're going to come down to the Q1 2017 price, which was uh, right around 589000 Quite honestly, I don't believe that's going to be enough of antithesis to actually base there, um, based on all the supply demand figures that are still yet to be rolled out with all the pre-sales in the condo market sure. all, all across. I, th- I think that we're going to be hitting around five fifty right back to that Q four price, and, and then eventually the the market will will start to run again. But the condo market will definitely take a little bit longer than the detached market. Mm. So, and which is not surprising. So no, it exactly. will kind of follow One suit. Follows. There'll be a lag, right? You got it. So. What is the the spread um, from? Sorry, just for percentage wise, from the from the top to where you think it's going to bottom. Sure, basically it, it's right around the thirty uh, percent, depending once again on the area. But on the overall ag- average of Vancouver, we're we're sitting there between twenty six and thirty percent. So, and how long is are, is the condo market gonna, going to be in this death cross? Because there's a lag from single family. Actually, the, the condo market hasn't actually hit the death cross yet. So it's still technically in the golden cross scenario because it is that one year over two year, right? So the two year and the one year, they are getting a lot closer. Um, but because of the drop from 750 to basically we're at 680, six, six it, it hasn't been enough for the antithesis for this projection to have crossed yet. So this moving average is inherently a lagger. You need the data to show up before um, before it actually says that it's been in a death cross. You will actually need to see a slump or at least stagnation for a period of time and, and then a drop in value or something to that effect to actually prognos- or to uh, have that market switch over. So technically, it's still in a golden cross. Does that mean that it's investable? Absolutely not in our opinion. Um, Itali Insight says that this golden cross is, is, is on its last legs. Technically speaking, with the analytics that we use, that's that's where it's broken the uptrend. So the, the that uptrend from 2016, you know, that w- it, because we were a trough for oh, five years before that, it, it went really high really fast. Um, and, and, and so that uptrend has been broken, technically speaking, and the supply demand figures have been broken, technically speaking. So that's going to be the antithesis for the death cross to eventually show up here in the condo market. I, I, I would anticipate that we'll see that within definitely the half year mark. Half year and then... And then we're going to be in a death cross for for a prolonged period of time again. Um, Similar, once again, to the detached market. So the condo market... 
this is my term. So it's not the death cross. That's not my term. But uh, the way I kind of coined it for the, the condo market, it's going to be a self-cannibalization factor. Okay, so there's a lot of new inventory that's going to be coming onto the market in 2021, in 2020, and 2022. We've seen a ton of pre-sales over the last you know couple of years. And, and, and they're not even all completed yet. The ones that are still new pre-sale, we're not seeing them totally sell out. So it, 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 it's going to be tough for them to even hit their numbers in some areas to continue the build. So when the new condos are available for sale that haven't totally sold out, what happens to the resale market? So if your condo is a 15-year-old condo and it needs some work done to it over the next five or six years, that shows up sometimes in the minutes, as you guys know. You know, it'll be a, the envelope review study and it needs new roof over the next five years, new pipes, new elevators. So that property, if it's two years away, let's say 18 years old, it, it's going to be very tough to sell versus the new condos that are available for sale brand new. So, and that will force the self-cannibalization to that resale market to say, I got to lower my price. And, and then, so everyone in that resale market has to come down in value. And, and then the odd purchase, you know, purchaser will be out there and say, Hey, this is a 23 year old building. It's effectively brand new. It's got new roof, new pipes, new elevators. Everything's good. Yeah. The contingency fund low, but there's, there, there's no anticipated cost coming up. And then lo and behold, there's a renovation done to the unit. It's a nice unit. And, and of course it's bigger because it's, it's 23 years sure. old. So that market will really get heated for, for a period of time. And the new condos will just sit because they're small and now they're similar price to an old condo that's big and effectively new then you'll see that self-cannibalization factor where the new condos come down in price and it's it's basically a race to the bottom. And that lasts, I guess, we need more data, it sounds like. Correct. So like the downtrend has started to establish itself. Um, so that's why we can see the the path to it leading down to the uh, 550,000. Um, so once again, if you purchase the report, we will give you a more definitive time and date. Um, but uh, as it sits right now, I mean, what we can share with the public is that we're, we are trending down towards those point, um, and, and, and they will hit. The condo market is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's your entry level or, or, or kind of your exit point, right? So um, that market will stay, there's demand there, right? But the stress test really does take effect into the condo market. I mean, the, the purchase price erosion of 20%, I mean, that hits the market. So when the prices come down 650 down to 750,000, that's not 20%. So you literally cannot afford to step your way into the market unless somebody maybe helps you out or, you know, you get a windfall. But the people that were willing to step into the market or, and, and help you out and pull some equity out of their property, they're a little bit more hesitant to do that today because the prices are sure. going down. So it, it's really a quagmire and it, and it does create some consternation for the market, especially for the for the first time investor because or first time home buyer, because traditionally they're not as sophisticated as a, a person that's bought six or seven properties, right? So they don't really know the whole process. They're scared going through it. So that's where you got to trust your realtor. I mean, it, there are reasons to buy. Like I said before, if, you're, if your financial situation isn't, you, you don't see an, an uptick on the horizon, sure, you know, talk to the Scalina brothers, um, right? It, it doesn't hurt to, to pay off your own mortgage rather than paying off your landlord's mortgage. As long as you get in at something that you're comfortable with and, and you have a five-year plan. You know, if you, if you can live in your condo for five years, you're, you're going to be laughing after 10 years, right? So you just got to kind of ride this wave out, get some equity under your belt, get into a good property. And, and, you know, we can forecast like this. So if, if, you know, you, you want that nice condo, go ahead and take your time and, and start looking at the resale market and, and get a good building that's already gone through the remediation. So we can kind of hedge our bets and, and go forward in the market rather than just chasing it like what, you know, the, the majority of the market has done in the past. So the majority of the market will still say, well, let's go and look at something new. Let's go look at something new until that one finally comes down in price. So why don't you just skip that step and say, let's go look at something, you know, maybe in an older building, but effectively very viable and you get the square footage. So now you just saved yourself two years. You got what you would have got eventually. Yeah, you might have paid a little bit more, but you have equity. You know, you're in the real estate market. You've already gone through the stress test. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, still on average, people move every seven years or so. So, you know, rather than moving in, paying rent, maybe having to move twice because the landlord's in a situation, you're not really in control of your own life. Having real estate it is is a fantastic thing long-term. And even if your plans are, you know, I'm going to live here and, and and I don't know how long, seven years happens before you know it. And then it's a good time that you're thankful that you purchased rather than just rented. Dean, what, what is, just out of curiosity, and 
I would imagine like you're very opinionated, you've got very specific data and you're, and you definitely support and back up where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the biggest factor that might disrupt your analysis? Honestly, uh, there, there, there really isn't anything other than the end of the, you know, the doomsday scenario. Um, we, we get so an global earth- warming. Yeah. Earthquakes, global warming. <laughs> <laughs> there actually seems like there's quite a few on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, there, the, there, there isn't anything that would say, you know, this market's going to zero and there's nothing that would um, cause us to, to say this market's going to run away. The, the way that this analysis works is really unemotional. Um, so, it, 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 I mean, it, it almost takes people and puts them into data points. When you take a collection of people, this is the collection of their data point and thoughts. So it, it, it's not that we're, you know, saying this to her to Greg or her to Bob or any of that, that, sure. that that's trying to get into the market. This is market psychology. This is what Greg and Bob, Bob on average think. So Greg can say the market's going up and Bob says the market's going down. Well, that's kind of why this market currently over the next year is kind of in a quagmire. It's really not going to be moving too much. That band is going to get close. And then the guy that says, you know what, this market's going down, that will become the prevalent thought and that will ultimately lead the market to going lower. Um, As far as the market going up, there's no rhyme or reason according to the analytics that says the market's going up. Then I go anecdotally. I mean, is there any new building? Is there any new, the Olympics aren't coming that bailed us out of the last recession, you know, like, so there's, there's natural fundamental factors that you could back it up with. I just choose not to. Um, There's enough guys that are dealing with GDP and and, I mean, all kinds of uh, trailing factors. We, 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 we believe that we found the kind of river that runs through the market to give you actual guidance. And um, I mean, our prognostications in the past, like I say, you know, the year out quotes, we're, we're, we're looking pretty. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the market, it doesn't react to what we're saying. We, we, we react to what the market is actually truly saying, not what it said two years ago, because the GDP numbers are finally in. We're, we're using, you know, the, the latest months and months of data to project where it's going to be two years from now, not tell you where it has been. That's, that's kind of a, a, a foolish game. So, so on that note, Dane, uh, we do have a lot of investors that listen to the show. You've spent considerable amount of time since you've been here uh, last year thinking about the rest of Canada, looking at the numbers. For sure. What are you seeing out there? So I appreciate you actually asking that. Uh, <laughs> we actually do have, uh, we're going to be releasing more national data, like I said earlier in the program. Um, over the next week or two, uh, probably in the next week, we're actually going to be rolling out Toronto's call. Now, um, once again, these reports are all for sale for 250 bucks. You can get any city, any major area right across Canada. Um, you can go to our website, check out, request the analytics, and there'll be a drop-down menu. You, know, you can pick from Burnaby's, from the Surrey's, from the White Rocks, right across Vancouver to Toronto, um, Ottawa, St. Catharines, any of those regions. So I did bring up a few earlier. We are going to be releasing Toronto. Um, Toronto is, it, it's an interesting market itself. Um, so basically, a lot of the economists and prognostications that we've kind of heard over the last year or so is that Toronto is fantastic. I mean, maybe not fantastic might be the wrong word, too strong of a word, but it's decent. Um, the market seems to be stable and, and kind of trending higher. Which rents are increasing as well. Rents are increasing. And kind of what we've seen maybe during 2017 here in Vancouver, where they've already taken a fall and, and, and it's sludging its way higher using a non-technical term. But you can see it when you see the chart. It, it, it's trying to go higher, but the highs are not increasing anymore. The lows are. So that's what, uh, what we term as a, a divergent trend. So then you go to the next study. So Toronto's pricing on a technical basis seems to be questioning itself right now. Then you go to the supply demand figure that we supply to uh, for in, inside the reports. And, and that shows um, saliently why the market will refuse to go higher here in the short term, leading you to, well, if it's not going higher, it can't stay still. It, it definitely has to go lower. So because of the supply demand factors that, that have been kind of trailing Vancouver, now they're, they're completely different markets. So don't, don't try and say that, you know, Vancouver leads Toronto. No, they're, they're each to their own. They have their own fundamentals and their own movements, but Toronto on its own, um, 
is it, it is going to kind of switch to that greater inventory and less demand going forward, which will ultimately lead to lower prices. So if you want to know where the Toronto's prices are actually heading, get in touch with us. Then we'll go to an inverse. Um, let's let's talk a little cheerier news here. Where would Dane invest? Yeah. Where would Dane invest? That's an interesting one. Uh, so the kind of top two that that we're that we're going to be releasing here. One one being Halifax and Dartmouth. Now there there's some fundamental reasons and and, and everything that goes along with Halifax, and that's why this. This area is going through what we we, we term a, a growth phase, so it's past its old uh, selling range where where it couldn't go above for about five, four or five years, and it just kind of hovered around in that selling range, which is what Vancouver is going to do until 2023. It's broken that threshold, so it's going to be going higher for longer. Not to mention the average sale price in there is a lot lower than Greater Vancouver, so you, so your money goes a lot further, and, and, and I mean that's when you you maybe you don't buy one, you might buy three because you want that accruement right across the board. So if it's only going up a hundred thousand, let's add, you know, just multiply that for the big investors. Then we'll go to uh, maybe a little bit more of a unconventional pick, if you will, right now, which would be Fort McMurray. Um, so Fort McMurray has, has just just been getting kicked. Uh, it, it's been an unfortunate area over the last three or four years, sure. three years at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the oil patches dried up. They, they went through a change in government and, and then forest fires um, hit the area if, if everything else wasn't enough. So that market has been gone down 350,000, if I'm not mistaken. What we're seeing now is basically a bottoming of that market. So it, it has gone back to previously established prices and, and now it's literally in the basin um, uh, of where we expect Vancouver to be in 2021. So if you're looking to invest, um, Fort McMurray, uh, it, it's interesting. Now the fundamentals haven't caught up with it, which is why it's really of interest to us. Um, so you know, two years from now, the fundamentals will be there and the economists will be touting Fort McMurray because it's back. Um, now, I mean, having less or zero forest fires, that's a natural effect that's going to help the market. Now, that's one of those things we can't really predict. But uh, oil, I mean, it's going it, to there is a use for it in the world. So it's more of maybe what gold um, has become, where it's just good for the commodity. Uh, gold used to be a hedge against fear and, and all of that. Now we have the VIX in the stock market. So that's more of the kind of fear indicator when, when trouble sometimes happens. The VIX spikes. Gold doesn't really spike as much as it used to. So it's kind of moved off of a... Uh, precious metal to just a commodity. And that's what, you know, I mean, oil will eventually find its level and uh, it'll, it'll be used for that commodity. It's not worth nothing. So um, that'll come back that, you know, that we anticipate a, a government change over there based on the analytics. Um, so the fundamentals aren't there for why Fort Mac will do well, but that's how you really gain the advantage. Um, that's what Intel Insights offers is what's going to happen. Not We're not going to tell you Fort McMurray was investable two years ago, kind of like the Golden Cross. You know, we were in it for five years. Sorry, it's over now. We're going to tell you when it's actually switched out of that Death Cross going into a Golden Cross. Um, the fundamental or the, uh, sorry, the uh, analytical interpretation of Fort McMurray is 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 changing. So it's going from a negative and, and the indicators are turning positive. Well, if it's turning positive, it's probably going to stay positive for an extended period of time um, based on the effect that it's been that it's gone through. They're looking for relief. They're looking for good news. So once good news starts to hit the door, that becomes that new self-fulfilling prophecy rather than Fort McMurray's just doom and gloom, which is where it's been for the last three years. It's going to be optimistic and hope. You go to Halifax, what's changed there? Well, I mean, the government changed on a national basis. So uh, historically, liberals like to give more money to the fisheries, give more money to Eastern Canada, let's say, um, than maybe the uh, the oil sands or the prairies like the conservatives maybe like to do, right? So of course, there's your fundamentals, why that's doing well. Halifax is the next uh, city that's getting a CFL team, uh, which is prideful, I'm sure, for them. You got construction, you got you know stadiums being built. So there's all those fundamental reasons. And that's why the technicals agree with the fundamentals in Halifax, because it's going through a growth phase. Why the technicals and the fundamentals don't agree in Fort McMurray is because it's not going through a growth phase. It's going through a bottoming. Uh, truthfully, I, to my knowledge, I don't really know too many economists that actually will stick their neck out and say, this is a bottom of a market. They'll tell you after the fact. That's where we differ. You know, as one of the questions earlier, how are we different? We'll stick our necks out there. We do the research. We stand behind uh, what we say. And, uh, you know, time proves us right. We're, we're, we're not too afraid uh, to come back. And uh, you guys can question us if we're wrong, but we won't be. Bold. <laughs> Bold. Uh, yeah, Dane. Last question. What if you're wrong? 
Uh, we're not. <laughs> if we're wrong, I guess uh, you guys can do like a two-minute little spiel on it. Well, we're not going to well, have ITEL Insights back. He was wrong. Well, but uh, we'll see you again. You heard it here first. Uh, Halifax, your offers, and uh, what? Fort Max of money? Fort Max of um, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Dean, how can people find out more about you and ITEL Insights? Sure. Yeah, they can uh, either get in touch with us uh, through the website. It's probably, I guess, the most conventional way. So it's itelinsights.com. Um, there's, uh, there's a questionnaire portal. You can order reports. Uh, we do have, uh, my email address on there and phone number, direct contact information as well. And, and honestly, um, there's kind of no question too small or too big. If you're planning a huge development and you want to know when to break ground, we'll help you out with that. If you, if you, you know, your parents are trying to help you out with your first time condo, honestly, we, we will help you with that. Um, you know, yeah, you might have to buy a $250 report, but uh, it, it'll save you for sure in the long term. And it'll save you a lot of consternation of what are we doing? Where's this market going? Um, we're getting more and more and more realtors uh, signing up for our service because truthfully, I mean, I know realtors, they take a kicking uh, as, as far as the whole kind of market goes and they make too much money. We make too much money. And, and you know, they just kind of, they're, they're taxi service. That's, that's not what I've ever believed. I believe realtors um, on on a whole, care about their clients, try to get them the best deal and, and, and offer the best information that, that are possible. So, you know, just for example, average realtor will still use benchmark price. I think there's been enough proof that that's uh, just kind of a non-factor. It's, 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 it's a number, but it's nothing that can really be used in real estate. And more and more realtors are kind of moving off that, even though the, maybe the majority of the media still quotes it. So, uh, you know, um, realtors do try to find a way to help their clients. Um, and when you do hire a realtor, trust your realtor. Don't, don't, you know, necessarily fight with them because they're there for your best interest. Um, but ask a lot of questions and, uh, see if you can get the best information for sure. And, uh, once again, visit us, contact us. We got no problem helping out. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for taking the time today, Dean. No problem. Yeah. Interesting as always. All right, Matt, Adam, appreciate it guys. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Dane Itell from Itell Insights. Really interesting conversation with Dane, Matt. Great well, having why, him back hey, in the studio. Why are you crying? I was just cutting onions. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? Yeah. No, it was an interesting... Uh, no, I mean, Dane's a persuasive guy in person. Uh, he's also a man of, of, of giant stature. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to disagree with Dane in person. No, you no. You want to disagree with him after the fact. <laughs> he's a lacrosse player. He will cross-check your face. Yeah, in. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a big guy. No, he's definitely a big guy. But what else do we got, Matt? I got actually a story. I was on the phone with somebody who is a, a listener. listener. A yeah, listener. shout he out to Jeff. Um, we had like a 30-minute conversation, and, and he didn't know I was a real didn't estate he, agent. Didn't he ask you for a referral to a good realtor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I almost referred him to you as a joke. But um, it was really, it was actually interesting. Like, we, we just have to remind everybody listening, we are realtors. We can help you in greater Vancouver. Uh, we tend to, uh, to work with uh, buyers, sellers, investors. We're fairly well-rounded, and we'd love to help you. Yeah, you definitely are well-rounded. Okay. S- some, would, some would actually say rotund. Okay, Matt. You know what? Uh, well, some might also say when Matt sits around the stats, he actually sits around the stats. Uh, that's a Sinbad reference. Um, anyways, but uh, what else we got? We got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We do. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for all your real estate news, tips, and tricks. And we also have research tools that you're not going to want to miss, like private client services. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. It's basically realtor-level information. It's free, it's at your fingertips, and it's available at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And we should point out again, private client services is great if you're looking for real estate. It's also good if you're considering selling because we can set up a search that focuses specifically on your property type you're going to see listings exactly like yours 36 to 72 hours in advance you're going to see days on market sold prices it gives you up-to-date information on what your property's worth information is power and power is knowing your competition that's a hey that's exactly right and again there's a couple of great opportunities here fort st john U8 in Kelowna. If you're interested in those or private client services or anything else real estate related, give me a call at 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that secret Sklina line. 
Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. It's like a small man shouting out of his mouth. Like we can't, we can't quite. He's just, it's it's like uh, the the man in the box skit. Yeah, yeah is that the man? The yeah, man yeah, in the yeah. Box yeah. Skit? The, the guy from the trip. Yeah, yeah, Great yeah. Movie. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.